Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, we are a three-part being. We are a spirit. We possess a soul. We live in a body. And God has created freedom for all three levels. You know, God's created freedom for your body. Amen. In a day and age where the, the message of healing and the message of divine healing uh, has, has been covered up, uh, we're here to reveal to you today that God is a healer. He's a miracle worker. He's still very much interested in your physical body. And the reason being is because without your physical body, your spirit cannot do anything. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So if your body fails you, guess what? So does your purpose. Your spirit has no access into this earth without a body that can carry it and that can function according to the word of God so that it can cause you to achieve your purpose. But now you have a soul, you have a mind, your will and your emotions and that that area uh, has become the gray area in the church. But I'm telling you today that God uh, has created a way for you to be sound in your mind Live with clarity, not with confusion. Anxiety has to go. Be anxious for nothing, he says. Be anxious for nothing. And, you know, we we dive into and we find all kinds of ways uh, uh, to try to clear our minds and try to help our souls. Uh, And I'm not saying uh, any of those things are wrong. If you need to, if you're a workaholic, maybe you need to take some time away. And if, uh, 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 you know, you are surrounding yourself with the wrong type of people, you need to get a good, strong community of people that can help build you up. I mean, there's natural things. I'm not speaking against counselors and therapists, but if you do those things in place of the word and prayer and living by the Holy Spirit, uh, I'm sorry, you're not going to get the results you desire. You just found another fix. I said, you just found another fix. But the Holy Spirit is the fixer. He's the comforter. He's the counselor. He's your standby. He's your advocate. He lives in you and wants to lead you so that you can live with clarity and with purpose. And so if that speaks to you and you weren't able to be with us maybe the last two weeks, um, I would highly encourage you to jump online and, and grab those messages. They were timely words. Uh, by the Holy Spirit, I, both weeks, I wasn't coming in really expecting to go in that direction. Last week, I was planning on starting the series we're starting today. So it was for somebody and um, would highly encourage you to grab that. It's not an all-inclusive series or message just to help you get started, amen? Sometimes we just need to know where to start. Need to know where to start. Go with me to Matthew chapter 14. This is one of my favorite times of year. Uh, for one, the weather gets a little colder, and um, I'm all right with that. Uh, you know, I, I can't do, you know, the freezing stuff and the snow and all that mess. I've lived in the South all my life and didn't really have to, you know, experience that too much. In Texas, we have a little more variation uh, in weather than we do here, uh, although we did have some snow the beginning of this year. That was awesome. I think it was New Year's Day. Uh, we got snow. That was really exciting. And, um, So, you know, one of my favorite times of year, we're turning into the holiday season with Thanksgiving and Christmas. And um, I'm I'm just really big on finishing strong. If you've been around me for any length of time, um, how you start doesn't really impress me much. 
Um, I heard a person say one time that the grass is withered at the starting line, but it's not withered at the finish line. Not as many finish as start. And so, you know, we're in, you know, kind of the last quarter of the year. Here we are counting down, getting ready for Christmas, getting ready to uh, begin turning gears for 2019. And I don't know about you, but uh, if if this, if this last half of the year was any indication, we've got some great things in store for 2019. And I hope that you're going into the new year with excitement and passion and some vigor about you. Um, if you haven't gotten there yet, get there. Start setting goals. Start writing down uh, where you want to be. If you don't know where you're going, you'll take every road, right? That's the Pastor Chris Musgrove statement right there. And I'll use it. That's the last time I'll give him credit for it. But... Uh, but we've got to know where we're going. Vision is vital to the believer. Without vision, the people perish. Without vision, people cast off restraint and do whatever. And um, I only want to do whatever God has called me to do. Amen. And so this is an exciting time of year to begin setting our minds in that direction. But for those of you that have been with us in the past years, um, you know that this is stretch season. This is stretch season. And, and um, we want to stretch our faith. We want to stretch our ability to see God do more. Um, you know, they say, you know, organizationally, that the time to implement change or the time to implement, uh, you know, new ideas is not when you're on the decline, but when you're, at, uh, you know, nearing the top, nearing the plateau. Um, and so many times we confuse success as an opportunity to sit back and relax. And um, complacency begins to set in. I heard one person say one time that nothing fails like success. Sometimes success can be the greatest demotivator in our lives because we want to sit back on our past laurels. And as a church, we've seen much, uh, seen God do much uh, in our lives this year. Amen. Uh, having accomplished what we've uh, seen God do just moving into this facility and the remodel that's taken place. Uh, and, and the remodel naturally is, is a sign, is, is pointing to the remodel spiritually. It's taking place in people's lives um, as you let God work on stuff and move in your life and tweak things. And so we're in the stretch season. Everyone say stretch. What you do not stretch becomes dangerous to exercise. And we want to exercise faith, but we don't want to stretch our faith. And when you exercise without stretching, you can do damage. Something that becomes beneficial can actually break you. And so uh, what we do every year, for those of you that aren't familiar, is we end the year with a series, building our faith, building our expectation, building our anticipation for what God's gonna do. And on December 9th, Sunday, December 9th, we will receive a stretch offering, stretch offering where we stretch our faith in the area of finance and we give towards the vision and the expansion of this church. And we're not done yet, uh, even though we've, we've come a long way. Uh, we're just getting started and um, God wants to do more and more. So we'll end the year on December 9th uh, giving one last final year-end giving offering, special offering to the Lord, uh, because whenever you want to stretch, you've got to make a sacrifice. You've got to make a sacrifice. And so December 9th, Sunday, December 9th, just preparation for you. 
We'll have commitment cards handed out like we do every year here in the coming weeks, and you can commit to uh, investing in this church and what God is doing. And um, there always has to be sacrifice where there is stretching. When we increase our stretch, we extend our reach. When we increase our stretch, we extend our reach. If you want to reach somewhere you've never reached, you've got to stretch somewhere you've never stretched. If you want to go to levels, if you want to surpass limitations and boundaries and complacency and get out of the norm and get out of status quo living, uh, you've got to stretch yourself. And this is the thing, stretching doesn't feel good. Got any workout people in here? You know stretching is, is the worst part. You don't really see a lot of results in stretching. You don't stretch and see bigger muscles. You see bigger muscles from lifting and pushing, but stretching is what prepares you to lift. Stretching is what prepares you to contact places that you've never contacted before. And so God is always stretching us. That's really what faith is all about. In Matthew chapter 14, we see a story of stretching. We see a story of stretching. And it says, uh, beginning with verse, um, let's do 22, verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. So he's sending them to a place yet he's not going. While he sent the multitudes away. First off, I just want to identify, are you being sent into or being sent away? Are you being sent into something are you, or are you being sent away from something. And I don't know about you, I want God to send me into stuff. I don't want to be part of the multitude. Notice that many go away, a few get in the boat. I want to get in the boat. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to get in the boat. Amen. I want to get in the boat. I want to be the one that Jesus looks at and says, I can send you into that. You've got what it takes. You can do it. See, not everybody can go where Jesus wants to send them. There's a qualifier. There's gotta be something in my life that identifies to God, that reveals to God, I can handle the next level. I can handle, see, everyone wants the, 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 the greater increase in finance, but could you handle it? That's really what God is looking at because God has no problem getting it to you. He just wants to know if he can get it through you. But if you can't handle it, you gotta handle it. Is it something you can handle? Are you being sent into or are you being sent away? And previously, the multitude just got to receive a powerful miracle from Jesus, the feeding of the 5,000. And, and, and it's, it's amazing that I can receive miracles from God, but can I be a miracle for God? Can I be a component of change rather than just the receiver Am I just receiving blessing from God or am I really blessed to be a blessing? Can God work through me and can God use me for his glory? We say, show us your glory more in a receptive mode, but that's what I'm trying to reveal is when those chains fall, guess what? Freedom brings responsibility. When the anxiety and the depression falls up, guess what? You can't play the victim anymore. Now we've got to get up and got to do something. The word of God is full of responsibility. 
And there are multitudes that receive and then there are disciples that do. And so we want to be sent into, not just sent away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. That rhymed, and I, I didn't even mean for it to. That's it, the way it's written. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle. Everyone say in the middle. In the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. The middle is a scary place to be. You know, you've ever tested the waters, you've ever gotten far enough out that you can't reach back, but you're not close enough to get to the other side yet. You're, you're, you're at a crossroads right now. You're, you are in a place uh, uh, where, you know, you're completely vulnerable. You got yourself out there. You tested the waters. You trusted God. You said, I'm going to live by faith. And, and then we thought that living by faith meant, meant, you know, a cruise line, not a shipwreck. What happened here? We thought we were going to coast to the other side. I didn't realize I had to press to the other side. And this is what happens is we start stretching our faith. Many of you can probably attest with me. You start stretching your faith and, and, and then you get out there and now something's coming against you and you're too far away from either side to play it safe anymore. I'm out in the middle. You know, I just showed our leadership team a couple of uh, podcasts last week speaking to this very thing in organizations, the life cycles of organizations. And, you know, you start out where, you know, you don't really have much to lose. It's, it's you know, you're like, I don't have any idea what I'm doing. Let's see how this all works together. You're, you're, you're you know, pulling resources as you can. Uh, you're extremely under-resourced. Everybody's just giving 110%. And then you get to a place where you're starting to figure it out and things are starting to, you know, come together. Some more people are starting to have some buy-in. But then the third stage, the third stage of an organization, a healthy growing organization is what's called the hanging on stage. Where, man, we're blowing and going. We've got momentum now. People are coming. People are excited. Uh, and, 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 you know, we've got a lot of buy-in, but here's the problem. We, we have way too many opportunities and way too little resource. Way too few people. I mean, the, now it's, you know, opening up before us. We could do so much. And, and, and that's where we're at as a church right now. That, that's the middle of the ocean, the middle of the lake. Too close to go back. I mean, we're out here now. <laughs> we're here. We can't play it safe at 23-14-84 for those of you that were back there. Can't, can't go back there and play it safe anymore. We're out in the, the middle. And do we press on or do we quit and go back? Or do we die in the middle of the lake? These are our options. And when you stretch your faith, many of you uh, uh, have seen this in your own life. You stretch your faith with, with, with a, a relationship that God told you to, to heal. And you wandered on out there in the middle, apologizing and, and telling them that you needed forgiveness. And now you're waiting on them to respond and you're not getting the same reciprocation from them. And, and you're like, God, I, I trusted you. I, I, I put my faith in you. I thought you were gonna get me over to the other side. I mean, people were transported in the Bible, right? Why couldn't they just transport them? Because there's something to learn along the way. You know, many of the problems, if God really fixed the problems the way we wanted him to fix our problems, we would end up in the same problem next time. I can give you a fish or I can teach you how to fish. 
that I cannot literally teach you how to fish. I have no idea about that. Talk to Chuck or somebody else, but I could point you to someone who can teach you how to fish. How about that? But many times, what we think is the goal or what we think is what we're trying to attain is not really what God's trying to attain. We're we're trying to get an answer out here and God's saying, I need an answer in here. I need to do something in you before I do something for you so I can do something through you. If I do something for you, I might not be able to do something through you. But if I can do something in you, then I can do something through you and you can start doing stuff for other people. Come on. This is discipleship now. You want to be a multitude or you want to be a disciple? And so now they're in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves for the wind was contrary. You ever had anything be contrary? Contrary? That means comes against, opposes. Ever run into obstacles walking by faith? Ever run into greater challenges than the challenge you thought you were trying to overcome? This is what happens when we get in the middle. But you can't end end up in the middle if you don't stretch. And so now it says in verse 25, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. He's walking on the sea. I love how it just puts that casually in there. (laughs) Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And many people say that Matthew uh, really wrote Peter's account of the gospel, is, is really what a lot of theologians say. And we're getting to Peter here in a minute, and you'll find out why that is important. He's just walking on the sea. It's amazing that, that God will walk on the stuff that we think is a challenge. What we see as a challenge, God is already in victory. Because we fight from victory, not for victory. Amen? The, the greatest thing to know and the greatest thing to understand when you're in the midst of a trial or a storm or a challenge in your life is, is you may not have overcome it yet, but you serve the one that has. And he's walking on top of what you're battling. He's already conquered. He's already brought victory. He's already empowered us to live in victory over the things that stand contrary to us. And so the greatest thing I can resolve in myself, in my faith, is, man, this battle seems greater, bigger, stronger. It's a challenge. It's a, str- it's a struggle. I didn't realize it was going to happen. I put my faith in God. I ended up out here in the middle. Now all this stuff is starting to fall apart. But I know the one who walks on water. I know the one who overcomes storms. I know the one who speaks to them and they have to cease. I know the one that can defeat any giant in my life. And I can go out before, just like David, before Goliath. You're not coming against me. You come against my God. You're defiling my God. Amen. See, we got to remember who's for us. We got to remember who has already called us to be more than conquerors, more than over. Just remind the devil you already beat him. Just remind the devil you read the back of the book, you win. Just remind the devil, remind him, let him know. you You can roar like a lion, but you ain't a lion. You're not. We just got to let him know. So he's walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Isn't it interesting when, 
when God moves in our lives or moves on a situation, but he doesn't do it the way we think he would, it, 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 it can cause an adverse reaction. It can cause the opposite result. We think that, you know, we would be excited to see Jesus walking on water. They are fearing for their lives. I thought the storm was bad. Now I got some creep out here walking on the water towards me. I got some ghost out here. What in the world is happening? I mean, just think about these guys in the boat. I mean, I would be like, how did we end up in this scenario? How are we in the middle of a, see, we only did what Jesus told us to do. He sent us over here. We're literally doing what he said. Now this storm's coming, we're about to die. And on top of that, there's ghosts out here on this sea walking towards us, gonna kill us before the sea ever does. Because sometimes God doesn't answer the way we think he would. And I, I wonder if we would be surprised. I wonder if we would be more fearful of how he would. You know, we would be surprised at some of the people God would use to speak into our life. Sometimes he doesn't use the pastor. Sometimes he uses somebody that you haven't talked to in 20 years. Somebody, sometimes he, he uses somebody that you've despised. You haven't given honor to. We talked about honor recently. Honor is how you receive. And when you don't honor the field, you don't get the treasure. So God wants to work in our lives. Sometimes it's not what we expect. So verse 27, as they're crying out for fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. That's what you wanna hear. It is I, do not be afraid. Now, right there, all we have to do is stop and say, whew, wow, it's just the Lord. It's Jesus. All right, Jesus, come on. We've been here before. You spoke to the storm. It stopped. Do that trick again. <laughs> so I'm sure all the rest of the disciples, all the other 11 are sitting in the boat thinking, yes, the one that can speak to storms and tell them to calm, to, to calm them and, and bring peace, he's here. Walking on the water, don't know why he chose that mode of transportation, whatever. He's here, he can do this. So they're all, you know, they're not crying out for fear anymore. But verse 28, but Peter answered him. And you know the rest of the disciples are going, oh no, Peter, oh, we're so close. What are you doing now? Why can't you just be quiet? What is wrong with you? And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Command me to come to you. It wasn't good enough that Jesus was walking on the water. It wasn't good enough that the storm stopper has just shown up in the midst of a storm and he can speak to this storm and he can cause it to be still. He can cause the calmness to come. Peace, be still. But Peter says, wait, 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 wait. If it's really you, I mean, you gotta be out of your mind right now. If it is you, command me to come to you on the water. It's a really weird way for him to confirm who he is. He could have said, you know, tell me my mother-in-law's name. 
If it's really you, tell me where I'm really from. What's my address? What's my phone number? What's my cat's name? No, he says, no, if it's you, I'm coming out there with you. Command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. Simple. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So, you know, we talk about Jesus walking on the water a lot. There's actually two, and, and Peter doesn't get enough credit. I'm sure he's up in heaven saying, why didn't anybody ever talk about me? All they ever talk about is me, you know, falling. All they have is me beginning to sink. At least I walked. I am one of two people on this planet that has ever walked on water. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he what? He was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. When he saw that the wind was boisterous. There are times where stretching doesn't make sense. There are times when living by faith is completely contrary to our senses, to our reasoning. And one of the greatest limitations to what God can do in our lives many times is our own senses. Does it make sense? See, faith doesn't live in comfort. You can have comfort or you can have faith, but you can't have both. You can have comfort, convenience, preference, but if you really wanna live by faith, you come out from the multitude and you say, take me out into the middle of the sea and I don't care what shows up because I know who will show up. I don't care what comes against me because I know who is for me. And this is the faith-filled life of a believer. Stretching our faith very many times will not make sense. It goes against reason. If you, if you talked to anybody about it, they would laugh at you. They'd, they'd be like Jesus showing up at Jairus' daughter's house. Oh, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. And they mocked him and they laughed at him. All of a sudden, their crying turned into laughter. Why? Because of disbelief. So what did he do? He put everybody out of the house. Put everybody out. Only faith-filled People, it, you would be surprised how much disbelieving people around you are thwarting your faith within you. Many times before you change your situation, you've got to change your companions. You've got to change your company. You've got to change who you hang around. You've got to get around people that are going to challenge you. You've got to get around people that are going to agree with you. You've got to get around people that are going to speak faith into a situation going to get around people that will tell you when you're talking nonsense. Get around people that will, that will tell you that what you're saying is thwarting what you say you're believing. And so what got Peter 
in trouble was when he saw the wind. Notice the wind had nothing to do with him beginning to sink. There wasn't like a gust that came through and it, you know, caused him. It was what he saw, where he fixed his eyes. See, when you're in the stretch, when you're believing God and you're, you're expanding your faith, you're increasing your reach, when, when you're in that position, you got to be careful what you look at. You got to keep your focus set. You got to keep your focus fixed on who? Jesus. He's walking toward Jesus, but he saw the storm. Walking toward Jesus, saw the storm. There's many times where Jesus is standing right in front of us. He's right there waiting for us to walk to him, but we're looking at the wrong thing. And any time that you meet with your senses to confirm your faith, it will always fail. I don't need my five senses to confirm what I'm believing. Come on. I'm believing for healing in my body. I don't need to hear from the doctor or read a report that confirms what I'm believing. I can overturn what they say with the word of God because what is not seen is permanent. What is temporary is what you actually see. So I get the report. Thank you, doctor. I don't, I don't believe that. Well, that's what it says. Great, facts doesn't mean that I have to put my faith there. That might be fact, that, may, that might be reality, but since it's in the natural, that means it's subject to change. That means it doesn't have to stay the way that it is. That means that I can take your report and I can offer it up to God, but he's got a greater report. Who has believed the report of the Lord? It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse two, and when they saw the report, when they heard the report, when they believed the report, you've got to believe a report that is greater than what any man can give you. And there are faith killers that we allow in our lives or allow around us. And then we wonder why we're deficient in an area. He saw the wind. What's that mean? He, the previous verse said he was walking on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid the fear was a result of what he saw. The fear was a result of what he saw. You've heard us say this many times. The opposite of faith is not fear. The opposite of faith is sight. If faith is believing in what I cannot see, then what I actually see will defeat my faith. I've got to change my focus. I've, I've got to change. See, see, Peter, he was in the middle of the sea in a boat. Still, for Peter, that was still a level of comfort. His level of comfort was different than the rest of the level of comfort. He said, I'm gonna push myself to the limits. I want to walk out on the water to you, just like you're walking on the water. 
See, everyone has different levels of where they're testing their faith. For some of us, our faith might just be sitting in the boat in the middle of a storm. But for Peter, his faith was to be tested beyond the boat because he loved the boat. He knew the boat. And many times we get comfortable with the thing that God has gifted us with, so comfortable that God has to remove the very thing that he blessed us with. You ever been there? Ever been in Abraham's position? You're the father of many nations, gives birth to Isaac, and then he says, what? Now go offer him up on an altar and sacrifice him. What? What a psycho. That's crazy. You want me to sacrifice my son, the one son that you promised to me that we would have? How am I going to be a father of many nations if I'm sacrificing the son that makes me a father of many nations? But this is how God operates. God is always wanting to push you past limits. God is always wanting to push you past boundaries. God is always wanting to push you past. He's, he doesn't want you in levels of comfort because this is the problem. When you live in comfort, your faith isn't in God, it's in the thing. This is why stretching has to take place because I can't extend and I can't expand beyond where I have stretched. The stretching of my faith is what allows, but, but see, the stretching hurts. The stretching isn't comfortable. Nobody feels comfortable stretching. Oh, this just feels so good, you know, just extending my muscles to the, to the, at the utmost limit. I mean, nobody wants to do that. You do that for a temporary season so that when you need the faith, you've got the muscles to push. Faith is like a muscle. Faith is like a muscle. So if you use it, it grows. If you don't use it, it doesn't grow. It actually weakens. You don't go, you don't work out uh, in the gym for a year and then take six months off and then go back and lift right back where you were. It doesn't happen. Doesn't matter how strong you are. Doesn't matter, uh, uh, you know, how long you've been in the gym. Your, your muscles have to be used to grow. Faith has to be used. And when we have faith that's deficient, it's because we have faith that's been dormant. Dormant faith creates deficient faith. Faith that sleeps, faith that isn't active, faith that isn't used, faith that isn't practiced, faith that isn't applied. And sometimes we, we get in positions where God blesses us to a level, but then we don't work to push past that. We want to sit in that level of comfort, and comfort breeds complacency. See, we could get comfortable here, but we'll also become complacent here. We can get comfortable in our new facility. We can get comfortable with the amount of people we're ministering. But I'm telling you today, God wants to extend the Anchor Faith Valdosta reach in this community and surrounding cities and surrounding counties. We will ignite the city. We will impact the nation. We will influence the world. But you don't do that in complacency. When you sit idle and you, and this is the thing, many churches are offering more care to the people that is in the building than the ones out of the building. 
Now, we'll care for our members and we'll care for our church, but not at the compromise of the city that God's called us to. We will not. This is not a social club. This isn't, uh, you know, one, one of the biggest things that I hate, absolutely hate, is clicks. Can't stand it. The vibe they give and the attitude uh, that you have to be, uh, you know, like them and to be a part of them to be included. They, they are included. If they fall under John 3, 16, guess what? They're included in the people that we minister to. They're included in the people that we reach. But I can't reach them if I don't stretch to them. And we got to have a people that stretch. We got to have a people that stretch our mentalities and stretch our thinking and don't want to grow cold. You know, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, you know, when he spoke to the churches, that lukewarmness, he said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. He said, you, you need to either be all the way turned off or all the way, but that halfway stuff, it's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. So when we're stretching, it, it's a revisiting of getting ourselves in position for more. As we stretch, you don't stretch and think less. Come on. You don't stretch your muscles and then go in the gym and say, ah, I'm going to do 20 pounds less than what I usually do. You don't need to stretch to do less. But you have to stress to do more, to do more, to increase. So he stretched himself and he said, I'm getting out on the water with you. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, and that's the thing is many times when you stretch, there are plenty of things telling you not to. Do you really want to do that? Do you really want to go there? I mean, on December 9th, I expect a lot of wrestling, a lot of fighting within yourselves. Are you sure you want to write that? You sure you want that many zeros on there? You sure you want to put that out there? Yeah. And the stretch is, is, is relative. The, the stretch is not a dollar amount. Because somebody can give $10,000 but could have given 20 and they didn't stretch. But someone could give 100 and they really only had 50. They made the stretch. Sacrifice is, is not a number. It's an attitude. It's your heart. And when we stretch our faith, there are plenty of things that, tell, that will speak up and they will talk louder than they ever have before. Bills will talk louder. Doctors will talk louder. You start believing God for healing, the doctor all of a sudden gets really loud. You start believing God for a home and, and, and people all of a sudden start coming around you telling you what you can and can't do. The devil, no, but I'm telling you, the devil will go to extremes to keep you from stretching your faith. He will do whatever it takes. He will put anybody in your path he will put any thought in your mind. He'll even attack your body. But I'll tell you right now, if, if it's not a wrestle, it's not a stretch. 
If you don't second guess it, it's probably not a stretch. If it doesn't hurt a little bit, if it doesn't want to make you call the office Monday and say, I need to retract that, it's probably not a stretch. If you give it and you're waiting for me to call you and say, man, we received so much, we didn't even need your gift, you can have it back. It's not a stretch. Probably wouldn't do that. <clears throat> We've got a stretch. Capacity. We were talking this morning, Miss Terry, in, in morning prayer, had a word and then just started a big conversation right here down front about potential. Potential. Untapped. Potential. Potential is what we have not yet seen. It's not potential if you're doing it. Well, he has the potential to make $5 million. Well, if you're making it, that's not potential. Potential is what you have not yet done. And potential is always revealed when you stretch beyond your capacity. I, I will never know my potential in the gym if I walk in and say, I'm going to do what I did last week. Does that make sense? I'll never know I had the potential to lift 200 if I walk in saying, I, I just feel comfortable at, one, at 135 or whatever. Look, we all have levels of comfort. Everybody does. And you can, you can reduce your life to comfort at any time. Anytime you want. You're not forced to live beyond capacity. You're not forced to live in the stretch. You're not forced to, you can stay at comfort and you can, you can be one of the ones that says, I, I, I'll get off the shore, but I, I, I'll get in the boat, but I won't get out. Or you can be one that says, I'm comfortable on the shore. Disciples, y'all can go. I'm the multitude. I'm just gonna stay on the shore. I don't, I don't need to jump out because see, when you get out in the middle, that's when the storms and trials come. When I'm on the shore, I can get back in my house. I can get back in my comfort zone. And some of us think that we're getting out there and trusting God, but we're still too close. Well, you can grab on. That's what Camden does when he's in the swimming pool, learning how to swim. He'll get out there, but he'll make sure he's within arm's length. There you go. I'll, I'll, I'll get out there and I'm in the water, but I'm still close enough to the shore that I can get back up on the shore and get in my house and get in my comfort. But then there's those that'll say, I'm getting off the shore, I'm getting in the boat, but I'm not getting out. Peter, that's you. And notice how the crowd gets smaller every time. Went from a multitude to disciples to one that said, I'll get out of the boat. What crowd do you want to be a part of? Worship team, if you come. What crowd do you want to be a part of? I don't know about you. I want to get off the shore. I want to get in the boat. I want to get in the middle. <clears throat> you know, you can't get to the other side without going through the middle. There's no way around it. The middle is the middle. And the middle has giants and the middle has mountains and the middle has obstacles and the middle has opposition and the middle has people that will leave you and the middle will have, has uh, financial levels that you aren't used to and, and the middle has uh, 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 people that will talk about you. The middle has health issues. 
Come on, stand up with me all over this place. All over this place. We're closing. That's why I called the worship team. If I don't call them up, I'll keep going. I want to set ourselves today in this, this introductory message for our stretch series. Set yourself today. What, what group am I in? Come on, challenge yourself today. I want to test my faith in ways it's never been tested so I can see results that I've never seen before. You know, concerning finances, it's the one time in the Bible God says, test me in this. Test me. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven. We'll talk about that one of these weeks. For some people in this room or some people in our church, this series might be just about getting into a habit of tithing. When you stretch, you, you are stretching something that you already do habitually. But for some people in here, that might not be a pattern or a habit of yours is to tithe or to give to your church, to give the 10% or to go above and beyond. It might not, that might not even be a habit of yours. This series might be just about getting, getting the habit going. But for many others in this church, this is about getting off the shore, getting in the boat. And for some others, it's about getting in the middle and still getting out. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website, at anchorfaith.austin.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church Podcast.